Support for Milledgeville Matters comes from Georgia College, Georgia's public liberal arts university, providing the experience students would expect from a private college with the affordability of a public university. For more information, gcsu.edu. Thank you for tuning in to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. I'm your host, Daniel McDonald, and today my guest is Major John Davis, the patrol commander of the Milledgeville Police Department. Major Davis is joining us to talk about the Milledgeville Police Department's specialized patrol unit, a new division created to foster meaningful community engagement and to develop more progressive approaches to combat gang violence and to enforce traffic laws. Major John Davis, welcome to Milledgeville Matters. Thank you for having me. The pleasure is mine, and thank you for giving me this time today. Now, the scope of the Specialized Patrol Unit's charge is much broader than what I was able to fit into that brief introduction. Can you, for our audience, describe the Specialized Patrol Unit in uh, the different parts of their mission? Well, the Specialized Patrol Unit has between five and six members. When we're full staff, we're up at six. It started small. We, we initially started with a traffic unit, and then... Uh, and then Lieutenant Gray was doing some work with the school system with gang-resistant training for sixth-grade students, which we had worked in partnership with Oak Hill Middle School. And I saw a need to grow this unit. I saw a need because uh, I wanted to be more flexible in the way that we could approach responding to crime, but also a way that we could bridge gaps within our community to create another focus on community-oriented policing. And so I, I merged those two units into one, we have developed further, adding uh, further investigators to, to work specifically with gang-type violence. But we also do a lot of community-oriented, especially with children, community-oriented policing-type things, like we do numerous car seat checks. We're doing a new mentor program with Oak Hill Middle, which I think is going to be extremely beneficial. And that program is completely voluntary for, for these officers. So I've, I've already got about 10 officers out of this department, which only has 44 who are already willing to start on a pilot program to mentor, use their own time to, to help children who, who don't normally have a positive role model in their life. So that's the, the thing with Specialized Patrol Unit is that it's so multifaceted. I can do some community-oriented policing uh, uh, event with them one day, and then two days later I have them working on a rash of burglaries, or I have them trying to stake out somewhere that's been hit with a, with a robbery. They can be very mobile and, and respond to what we need them to respond to quickly. It is a very diverse mission. Can you talk a little bit about the common thread that pulls these disparate parts of what they may be tasked with together? I think the, the common thread is concern for our community and response to our community. A significant portion of what we do as law enforcement is pretty routine and is reactionary just by the basic nature of what policing is. When you have a crime that occurs, the police respond, they take a report, they make sure people are safe, and then investigators come later, they investigate crimes, and we try to make an arrest. That's all after the fact. We want to have an impact on our community that's before those crimes start occurring. One, so maybe we can prevent crime from occurring, certain crimes from occurring. We do a lot with specialized patrol with uh, bullying, domestic violence, proper dating relationships for these young people so that they don't get involved in a domestic violence situation later down the road. That common thread of, of, of trying to prevent crime is something that we're focusing on with that unit. If you talk about the need in the community that y'all see and that y'all decided to take this step to try to address. 
a lot of that's gone on recently, both locally and nationally. A lot more so nationally than, than, than here. We, we seem to have a little bit different relationship here. I think nationally you, you see a real an anger with law enforcement, uh, distrust. And I think those problems nationally are not as prevalent locally because of a long-term relationship and the way that we've done business and have tried to do business for quite some time, both us and Baldwin County Sheriff's Department. In concern for our community and responding to the needs, treating people fairly and equally. And so I think that issue is a lot greater on a national scale than it is here. However, you don't ever want to get to that point where people are so distrustful and so turned off by your presence that they don't want to contact the police or they work to subvert police. We don't, we certainly don't want that kind of scenario to occur here. You know, I want to get out in front of that. I want to create more bridges and more lines of communication with the communities that don't normally get to speak to law enforcement. And also with the communities that we're in there all the time, but we're in there in a negative light. We want to be in there in a positive light as well. Now, one thing that I've heard you say a couple of times throughout our interview thus far is a community-oriented policing. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if you could talk about that in the broadest sense and then also here on the ground in Milledgeville, Georgia. I think in a broad sense, and it's a very old concept. People have been doing things like that for a long time. But I can break it down for you in a visual picture. Norman Rockwell painting with the police officer sitting at the soda stand with a child. That, to me, is the essence of community-oriented policing one person, person on person, in a positive relationship. Uh, those positive relationships, the more that we build of those now, when things are hard, when things are difficult in the community, they're facing a lot of problems, such as shootings, those positive relationships turn out to be beneficial for us because they allow bridges of communication where people ordinarily would not speak to us, will speak to us. I was wondering if you could kind of and I know you talked about this a little bit in my first question, uh, but just talk about some of the ways that y'all will be engaging with the community, connecting with the community through the Specialized Patrol Unit. Well, we've already mentioned Mentors in Blue, which is our, our mentor program that we're starting with uh, Oak Hill. Beyond that, it's a day-to-day -day type interaction where we'll do, we do car fit for seniors, where we go to the nursing home and help them make sure their cars are, are properly fitted for them. As you're older, you get a little smaller. You might not sit at the steering wheel the same way, so we want to make sure that car fits you. But little things like that, the same time that we're doing that, we're there talking to those people. And we're laughing and joking and having a good time. And they see us as people, but they also see somebody that comes out there and cares about them, enough to spend time and talk to them. Same thing true with the younger people, you know, with mentors in blue. Spending time talking to a child especially at-risk children who have never had or rarely have positive adult relationships where they can see a mentor, they can see a role model and spend time with that person and some of that positivity, that idea that you can do whatever you set your mind to for a child that's at risk that can go either into gang violence or can go on to, to college and, and, and whatever they desire to do. That could be the difference. And saving one kid it is certainly worth it to us. Well, we're going to take a short break right now, but if you're just joining us, I'm talking with Major John Davis, the patrol commander of the Milledgeville Police Department. We're talking about a new division that they've created to foster community engagement, address gang violence, and to enforce traffic laws, and that's called the Specialized Police Unit. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more Milledgeville Matters. 
Thank you for staying tuned to Milledgeville Matters and WRGC 88.3 FM. Today, we're talking about the Milledgeville Police Department's Specialized Patrol Unit. My guest is Major John Davis, the Patrol Commander for the Milledgeville Police Department. Now, in that last segment, we were talking about specifically the Specialized Patrol Unit, their mission, and some of the ways that they're trying to engage the community in a more positive relationship between law enforcement and the many people that they're sworn to protect and serve. In this segment, I wanted to kind of look at you know, what's been going on in the Milledgeville, Baldwin County community and maybe open that up to uh, some of the larger issues of concern nationally. To start off local, Milledgeville and Baldwin County have seen an uptick in gun violence. In the news media, we've seen many requests to community members from law enforcement to engage with them in finding the people responsible for these acts. From the urgency of the requests, I feel that there is a disconnect between law enforcement and some of the communities that you're sworn to protect. Do you feel that's the case here in Milledgeville? I mean, I certainly think that there is uh, a lot of mistrust. Those areas that are most hit by this gang violence, we're often in because we're responding to calls for assistance. Generally, that's, that's the big thing, is responding to calls for assistance, particularly for things like domestic violence, unruly juveniles, typically for, for family-type things or violent-type incidences that we're responding in, in those locations for. And so they see us a lot of times not as the protectors that are coming in to help solve the problem, but someone that's going to come in there to lock someone up, to take them to jail, incarcerate. So I see that as, as fear, that fear of us, but not only fear of us, and there's a larger idea of fear, and that is the fear of these people that live in those areas that are good, hardworking people who may live next door to a, a gang member who is selling drugs, who is uh, selling guns, but also using those guns to protect the territory that they feel that belongs to them to where they can sell narcotics or whatever illegal activity they're involved in. So you've got this idea that if they talk to us and are seen talking to us, then they are ripe for retaliation. They're, they're a target, so to speak. And so that's often the big problem that we have getting someone to call us or to give us information. I mean, last year there was a reward up to $10,000, and no one bid on that reward. That's how much fear is involved in, in that. We've had to resort to other methods to incarcerate people that we feel are high up in that hierarchy of, of gang life and get them for other crimes. And these crimes don't have the same amount of time involved as far as incarceration that they deserve for bringing so much fear and violence and, and potential damage to those communities. Particularly the incident uh, happened on the south side where they shot up the house and hit a young mother. That young lady had nothing to do with that gang violence. And that is why we want people to talk to us. And that's why we're doing things like specialized patrol and, and being in those neighborhoods. And that's why we preach professionalism to our officers. The way you treat people and the way you talk to people will come back and help you in the end. When something like that happens, People are more willing to speak to us if we have treated them fairly in the past. And we can break down some of those barriers of, of fear, not only of us, but also of the, the community. What is it like for you and your officers and other law enforcement officers in the community working in that environment where you can't make these meaningful connections with the communities that you're working in? You see them afraid of what's going on in their neighborhoods and being afraid to talk to y'all, but 
still desperately needing to improve the situation over there. And what is it like for your men and women well, trying to work out there? I go ahead and tell you, it's incredibly frustrating. Most law enforcement officers got into this business because they want to help people. They want to make things around them safer and people more comfortable. It's not to hurt people, but to help. And when we are in those areas and people do not want to speak to us or that we have a rash of shootings, we know who's responsible but can't prove that who's responsible because we don't have eyewitness testimony, we don't have uh, you know, any kind of forensic connections, then that becomes extremely frustrating to an officer who, who's out there 12 hours a night patrolling these neighborhoods trying to stop this violence. And I want to go even further about and talk about some of the stresses of the men and women who wear the uniform. And this kind of goes back to some of the troubled relationships. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about just the feelings that you have when you're putting on the uniform every day, knowing that you know you may put your life in danger, you definitely may put the, the life of the men and women under your command in danger, mm -hmm. and they're going out into communities where they don't have the relationships, where the community members might support them in dangerous situations or tough situations. You know, I think, like all law enforcement, when you stop to think about it, it is a, a scary proposition this day and age where officers are being ambushed without any cause just stepping out of a car, responding to a call, being ambushed. That's a difficult thing for police officers to, to continue to do. However, that what defines courage in, in a law enforcement officer is that we continue to do that day in and day out, regardless of those, those dangers that we, we know are there. But also as a commander of officers, I mean, that's probably one of the, the biggest fears that I have. We have to be continually vigilant in the way that we, we work also to, to make sure our guys are, are, uh, and women are mindful of their surroundings. They're conducting themselves appropriately. But yeah, that's, that's extremely frightening for, for a commander. I couldn't imagine going through that, the, the, you know, bearing an officer at our department. I couldn't imagine going through that. We're going to take another short break right now. But if you're just joining us, we're talking with Major John Davis, the patrol commander of the Milledgeville Police Department. We're talking about a means that the Milledgeville Police Department is employing to create more meaningful community engagement and to more progressively approach gang violence and enforce traffic laws. We'll be right back with more Milledgeville Matters.
thank you for staying tuned to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. I'm your host, Daniel McDonald, and I'm talking today with Major John Davis, the patrol commander of the Milledgeville Police Department. Major Davis is here to talk with us about the Milledgeville Police Department's Specialized Patrol Unit. And that's a new division that has been created to foster meaningful community engagement and to develop more progressive approaches to combat gang violence and enforce traffic laws. Now, in this segment, I thought I'd start off by asking you to share a little bit more about your perspective about the national issues that are sometimes bringing together communities in their law enforcement and sometimes pushing them apart. There's certainly a, a national idea, and I guess where you see it, where I see it, is uh, social media. You've got people on one side who are ardent supporters of the police, and you've got people on the other side who are everything that we do is wrong and violates constitutional law. I think uh, a lot of that is, and no offense to your profession, but I think a lot of that is, is media's portrayal. It's a lot easier to put on the evening news or on the 24 news cycle uh, a police officer in whatever town uh, shot an unarmed person. And then you get a 30 second blurb and maybe five seconds of video uh, about what happened. And there's no context there's no discussion of, of case law. There's nothing to, to frame that other than what you visually see and what you have emotional response to, seeing what's, on, what's been presented to you on, on news. When oftentimes the, the complete opposite is true, and there's no discussion of, of case law such as Graham versus Connor, which says oh, we can respond and object to reasonless to those instances, and then what is reasonable, and that's for a court of law to decide. I think we have moved a lot of that responsibility of the court of law into the court of public opinion, which is often, I don't think, understands nor gets the full picture. And you bring up an interesting thought there. You're talking about social media mm -hmm. and that, you know, we're all free to spout off whatever we want to with very low risk of ever having to uh, stand up for our ideas or, you know, have any kind of meaningful interaction with the people that we are passing this blame on or, you know, saying are so awful. And I wonder if that in itself is another issue that we're facing as a society. I mean, how does that affect the work that y'all do? We talked a little bit before we started interviewing about uh, the situation that I see growing in that we don't talk with our neighbors as, you know, community members. And oftentimes if we have a problem with our neighbor, we don't talk to them. We call your office and ask you to come out there and have the hard conversation for us. Right. Um, does that affect the, the way that y'all operate? Is that a trend? Or? Yeah, I think certainly it is. I think social media is a two-edged sword. We have used it to, to greatly increase our, our connection with people by constantly pushing out information about what we're doing and the special events that we're working on because we both have a, a page for the Milledgeville Police Department and a page for the Specialized Patrol Unit and that's constantly pushing out where we're going to be and what we're doing. At the same time, social media, you're exactly right, you can say whatever you want to say and there's no repercussions. It's not like having to look another human being in the face and say what I believe and then you get to say back to me what you believe. And it's true on both sides of the political aisle. It's become vile conversation, and no one is civil. And it's because no one is civil, you're, you're never going to, to solve any issues. It, it all becomes uh, who's got the quicker wit and who can cut deeper with whatever comment they make. I think that has really harmed our ability to communicate. 
uh, look around Milledgeville and we're a college town downtown and where our office is at. And you rarely see anybody's eyes because they're looking at a computer screen. Um, I tell my children the same thing. You've got the wealth of the internet at your fingers and yet you use it to, to watch a YouTube video instead of enriching yourself. Any other thoughts on just you know, the way our communities interact with one another, maybe outside of the law enforcement paradigm? Mm -hmm. Y'all are extension of the community. Not everything in the community involves y'all in other states, but right. you're also, you know, there and around it and kind of in the whole miasma that is any community. Law enforcement is like the tip of the spear. We're involved in pretty much everything, even as mundane as a, a 5K road race, because we have to direct traffic. And a lot of times, a lot of the negativity about society is, is focused just on us, just on law enforcement. I think there's a lot larger issues, both racially, socioeconomically, that we need to address outside of law enforcement. The way our medical system uh, deals with poor people, the way our school system deals with poor people, disadvantaged people, and, and how we bring equality and how we bring those people that are dis disenfranchised in, in less fortunate situations, how we promote those type things. So we, we have a better medical system that properly takes care of people. We have a better school system that everybody gets the same chance. Because it's hard to tell a kid who woke up this morning and hasn't eaten dinner last night, didn't eat breakfast this morning, that you're going to have to uh, compete the same way with a child that, that has a stable home life, mom and daddy are not fighting all the time, or daddy's not there in some of these cases, that you're going to have to do math homework now. When they're still scared about how where my next meal is going to come from and whether or not I'm going to see violence tonight. So those are the type of issues that also that, that concern me. And, and that's kind of one of the things that I want to do with our unit, Specialized Patrol Unit, is to put some people in those situations that are positive role models, that can say to a child that, that is in those type of situations, that can say that you can do it and I want to help you. And one part of the mission I think is un unspoken, but I, I think I see it and I think you might agree with me, mm -hmm. is that this is an effort to try to humanize law enforcement to people who may not see them in anything behind the badge right. or anything behind you know, the policing aspect. And so I thought we'd try to use this interview to, if you're willing, to share more about you mm -hmm. and why you started to do this. Sure. Why did you join law enforcement? I, I was in public relations after I graduated college a long time ago, and I hated that desk. And I'd always wanted to be a police officer. I joined the military. I was an MP. So uh, I was in the Guard, and so I decided to apply for this job. I think the biggest reason why I wanted to be a police officer is I grew up a really tall, skinny, lanky, goofy kid, and I was bullied constantly until I decided to stand up for myself. And now I'm a full-grown man, and I can stand up for myself. And so in law enforcement, I can stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves. And what keeps you coming in every day despite the many challenges that you face in your line of work? I, honestly, I think, I mean, we all, everyone here loves this place. Even those that are not uh, like me who are not from Milledgeville, I grew up in Augusta, you come to love this place. And uh, we want to make sure that it's, it's the best that it can be. And, and that this department is the best it can be. I want Milledgeville Police Department to be a shining example for middle Georgia law enforcement. And I'll continue to work to see that that happens.
if you could use this show as a platform to speak to members of the public who maybe have never had an interaction with a law enforcement officer or have maybe had a negative interaction with law enforcement, what would you say to them? You know, I'd say stop and talk to us. When you see us on the street, say hi and see what kind of reaction you get. See the difference. And see that outside of a tense situation where the law enforcement are trying to do their job and respond to, you know, whatever tense situation that has been created and that we're trying to deal with. We do something often called Coffee with a Cop. It is a chance for the public to come out and talk to a police officer when we're not standing at your window trying to hand you a speeding ticket. We're not responding to your house because it got broke into. It is just people sitting down talking about their community and what they'd like to see to police officers. And say hi to one of them. And also say thank you. They do a tremendous job. And they do a very difficult job, which is often overlooked because it's easy to make a snap judgment about the way that things should be. It's often easy to not see the big picture, but to see what, what is important to you. But try to see that big picture and try to, uh, and, and to say hi to them and just talk to them like a person. Well, now that is the last question I had for you. Okay. And so I thought that I'd ask you um, just another question. If there's anything I didn't ask you about, or if there's anything we did talk about that you wanted to say more on, I want to give you that opportunity. We offer courses at the police department. We're offering uh, another concealed carry class. We give both novice shooters and also people who are experienced with firearms law about uh, about carrying a firearm, civil law about carrying a firearm, and also uh, some practical tips on how to carry and how to practice. Because we want to make sure people that, that decide to exercise their Second Amendment right know exactly what they're facing, know exactly what the law says you can and can't do, but also that you're technically proficient with that firearm. We also offer a community police academy, or citizens police academy, which I would urge all of your listeners to come to. It gives you week by week, we do it for five weeks, and we talk about every phase about what happens when a case comes to the police department what we do and how we respond to it, how it progresses through the court systems and adjudication, and also how we investigate. So it's a, it's a really uh, a good opportunity for, for people to come and see police officers, to see how they do their job, but also be able to talk to us. Because we also do a Coffee with a Cop uh, at, that, at that event as well, where people can just talk and ask questions about what they want to know or if they need some assistance with something. And are those going to be um, uh, taught... Uh, semi-annually? Um, how often are you going to be doing those classes? We taught, we taught those classes this summer. We're going to probably put out within the next few days a schedule for uh, September, October, and November. We're trying to teach two more concealed carry classes and another Citizens Police Academy. So we'll have that information out shortly, both on Facebook and on our website. Well, Major John Davis, thank you very much for lending me your time today and joining me on Military Matters. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. Today, I was talking with Major John Davis, the patrol commander of the Milledgeville Police Department, about their newly formed Special Patrol Unit. I've been your host, Daniel McDonald. It's been my pleasure to spend a portion of this evening with you here on Milledgeville Matters, and I look forward to convening with you next time.